trap and close the gate. Wait, I've got a better plan to catch this big red lobster man. Let's pop him in a boiling pot, and when he's done, we'll butter him up. Kidnap the Sandy Claus. Hello, and welcome to Q&A Quest episode... 144, one gross episode. 144, I'm your host, Mike Epps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, amateur prognosticator, FAMA master, David McBurney. And very, very drizzly over here in Japan, Kaiji Monogatari, Michael Baker. This is rainy. Yuck. Yeah. I mean, rain is nice, though. I like the rain. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Oregon. That's just kind of, you either learn to love the rain or you die. Um, <laughs> or you move. Yeah. That's like dying. We're off to a smashing start on this wonderful Star Wars week. Listen, neither of you, neither of you frickin' even commented on the gross pun I just made. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awful, yes. There we go. I demanded acknowledgement. My geo demands acknowledgement. Um, so, what have we been up to? <laughs> Wheels is just going to shout about Star Wars. Sorry. I feel like there's completely even odds that this comes out the day of Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, I'll try to get it out earlier. <laughs> That's why I said completely even odds. Yeah. Well, the problem is they're also putting out a new episode of The Mandalorian the day before. So what you're saying is you'll be indisposed at that point. Well, yeah, so... In other words, I'm going to try and get it up tomorrow. <laughs> Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Deeply disappointed the Star Wars Christmas special is not on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I, like, I feel like at some portion of the sale from Lucas involved them signing a contract not to re-release that. <laughs> I, I really thought I'd heard that Lucas had actually bought every extant copy that he could find and destroyed them all. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he did, but I mean, it's definitely available digitally if you're willing to look for it. <laughs> nice. So. Oh, man. That reminds me of, like, I think it's the, the riff tracks for that advises you, like... Subtly advises you to look for it on Google Video just to let you know how long ago that was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Google Video? Yeah. Man, I barely remember that was a thing. <laughs> Before that... they were just like, you know what makes sense? Just buying YouTube instead. Was that... <laughs> was that... No, that wasn't really a thing, was it? Google Video? That was definitely a thing. Fuck, man. That was like 2005, but it was a thing. Man, that's like the Google Stadia of like 10 years ago. <laughs> Does that mean that they're just going to buy an actual video game company? They, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're replacing Google Hangouts with anything, so. It's true, it's true. But, just... That's why it, so that makes it the Google Hangouts of gaming, because I mean, like, to be the Google Video of something, you have to, like, try to do something really badly and then just buy out the the people that actually do it well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Otherwise, you're just like the Google Plus of whatever. 
Google Remember Plus. Google Plus? Yeah, that was trash. How do you feel about Orchid? The hell is Orchid? <laughs> it's not real. It's not making up stuff. Orchid. I didn't say Orchid, I said Orchid. Orchid. I'm sorry. This is what people will be saying about Google Stadia ten years from now. That's not the real thing. You're talking about Google Stadium. That's where we all fight to see whose search result is more accurate. I would, I would take part in that. Um, yeah, Star clearly, Wars. Clearly we should all be using Bing. I mean, let's not go crazy. <laughs> um, we should be using uh, Ask.com. Uh, oh. Does Yahoo still have a search engine? It Did does still have a search that? engine. I don't it it does, it's just not a very good one. Yeah. I mean, Japan uses it for auctions, but... What? Yahoo Auctions Japan is still relatively thriving. Interesting. Let's see. Uh, I, was, I was trying to think of, like, worse, older search engines to pull up, and I'm like, yeah, this Wheels is going to become a devout Alta Vista fan. <laughs> Did Netscape ever have their own search engine? I don't think so. Man. Well, now I'm thinking about internet, and that's kind of a regret. So. Well, yeah, I miss Netscape Navigator too, man. <laughs> can, I, can I go look up your fantasy star online walkthroughs on Netscape Navigator? I don't know. <laughs> Didn't that just become uh, Firefox? Anyway. Uh, twisted lineage, but bits of it. It's all the same. Well, Only the name changed. Well, except for that one, actually. <laughs> Everything. Let's talk about ECMAScript. Everything's Chromium, except F Firefox. I feel like that's a really dangerous thing for like everything to be based off of Chrome. Maybe oh, yes. don't do that. No, 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 it's fine. Listen, let's all just base our browsers on Google code. What could go wrong? What, what could they possibly do with that information? What information could be uh, gleaned without our knowledge? Clearly I none. Feel, I feel better about the fact that I never switched from Firefox to Chrome. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I'm, I I develop for the web, so I have no choice in the matter. So I use yeah, you don't you don't get a choice. So I use Opera to be weird. <laughs> oh, you're that guy. Yeah. Oh man, need to start like going into the progressively weirder and smaller Opera forks. Yeah. There's I mean, a lot of them. There are, but it doesn't really matter because they're all fucking crummy. <laughs> I just remember, like, for a few years there, I had a friend who, like, oh, main opera was discontinued or something. And so at some point, he's just, like, getting into weirder, smaller forks of opera. <laughs> oh, my God. And there's a, there's a browser don't. from the original developers of opera called Vivaldi. Yeah, I think that was where he settled for a while, but that's also Chromium-based. So. Yep, there is. <laughs> Stop. Please. I mean, when when Microsoft gets in on the party, you know it's all over. Microsoft. 
Bill Greats invented Microsoft. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's that was a weird tangent. I don't know where we're going <laughs> with that. Uh, Hello and welcome see. to Browser Quest. Oh no. Uh, or, or are we just going to talk about browser games? Because if this turns into a DMM br- uh, podcast, I'm leaving. Sorry, oh, I just okay, cannot okay, stand okay, that okay, company. Okay. Oh, absolutely I, I mean, Anything that we could possibly complain about Kimco, DMM is that in spades with more gotcha. I have not, not even more, to think about and that. worse pandering. Yeah. yeah, no, we're not. We're not doing that. We're, we're <laughs> not trying. There will be no road. browser game talk on my watch. Can't believe Wheels has banned all discussion of progress quests. Wasn't there a Saga browser game? There was. I think it was Imperial or Saga. It was like a Facebook game or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, Emperor Saga, Imperial Saga. They're both. One of them was the mobile edges. version of the other, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, the mobile version came first, and it was very much click on this link to keep going kind of thing. Mm. Very annoying. It was just annoying to work with. So the browser version was much easier to play. It just wasn't that interesting. Lovely. Well, I'm officially not going to think about it ever again. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I I take it none of us has been playing anything we want to go into detail on. I have. I can continue down the rabbit hole of Saga Scarlet Grace. Trying to track down a stupid phoenix. Stupid. <laughs> I've met that boy. Going all over the place. So Listen, he likes to fly. So, in other words, I'm wandering around the world and having adventures. I mean, that's what you wanted, isn't it? Pretty much. Good. <laughs> Build my party, finding cool things. Uh, yeah, it game fucking rules. <laughs> Good video game. Recommended. Uh, <laughs> RPG site gave it a 10 out of 10. Our dark rivals. <laughs> Are they her rivals? Are they? I, I don't even, you know, I see I see tweets from RPG site all the time. I don't know if I've ever actually visited their site other than to read this review. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll say dark rivals. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, still trying to finish um, Alliance Alive, because uh, obviously I've been distracted by Scarlet Grace. Uh, but uh, I have gathered the four necessary items to uh, shortly blast off to the Daemon world. So Make sure you are completely replaced. Prepared for your point of no return there? Yep. I am beginning preparations now. And that makes sense. Like, if I, was, if I had gathered everything and was like, you're going to the demon world, I feel like it would be my own fault if I didn't realize that was the point <laughs> yeah. of no return. I mean, uh, I mean, the fun thing about that game, it's got like three points of no return in the final level. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Or but, one of them being the entrance to the demon world. But yeah, I'm going to obviously... Uh, Use a back use a backup save file so I can go back if I need to. Living that saga dream. Put Saga Frontier on every available console. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, 
there's so many cards in this thing you're streaming. I'm dying. Um, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> ser- seriously, I saw a video of this game and I was, it was like, who stole this from my brain? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing it the first time. I think I recommended it to you because it's like, this is a very, very wheels game. Well, I was kind of averse to it because I'm like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to like like a card game type thing without like the competitive TCG nature of the whole thing. And it turns out I that thought was stupid and of course That was I a lie, you broke it in the head. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in, c- in case you're confused as what we're talking about. Slay the Spire is awesome. You should buy it now. It's available for your major consoles and PC, including Switch. <laughs> I believe it might also be on mobile. It seems like a mobile kind of game. It is not on mobile. Huh. Yes. Wow, amazing. It looks like a game that would work well on mobile. It probably would, and as soon as it does, I'm going to buy it. I know, I know. But right now, it's well, on Switch. So. Uh, as for me, I'm going through Saga Scarlet Grace again because it was just so much fun talking about it before. Woohoo! That makes sense. And... Uh, In this case, uh, nothing happened there. Yeah, I decided to play through Balmain's, um scenario this time, just to mm-hmm. figure out exactly what was up with it. And turns out a whole lot of random things across the map that I had played in other playthroughs were actually tied into his quest line. I'd never realized. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It all comes together. And um, unfortunately, I'm. I decided to go off on a tangent and do his version of the Phoenix sub um, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix quest line instead of yeah. going to his next location. And I'm at a point where, as it turns out, hey, I've got to go up against the goddess Waha again. Oh, good. And it's like, fine. I'm not sure how I survived the first time I fought her. What could go wrong? Um, she can she can cast Crimson Flare, a fourth tier fire spell, at one round of charge oh. time. What oh. could go wrong? Everything. <laughs> Everything. What could possibly just, go on? Yeah, just to clarify, Crimson Flare is a spell that magically teleports one target into the corona of a star. Oh! oh. <laughs> fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> the quails might be dying. Yeah. The, um, the Phoenix... Um, Scenario before this that I went through um, took me to the ruins of Old Sakara under the lake in Provincia Sandria. And I don't remember fighting the Totetsu m- robots before this, but I did. And those are that was a fun fight, too. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, Dave, have you played this game any? Scarlet Grace? Yeah. Some, but not a ton. Um, so, you know, what, um, you know what interrupt attacks are, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so the Totetsu robots have five abilities total. But, um, they can each use these abilities. One of them is a direct attack. One of them is a counterattack. The other three are interrupts. <laughs> um, and their one actual attack will hit everybody for electrical damage and stuns 90% of the time. Ugh. And they will start preferentially using it if you pull out a bunch of mages and start charging attacks. Hmm. Probably. And, and to add insult to injury, one of the bonus conditions that you can try to get for this battle 
is no enemy interrupts. <laughs> it's nice to want things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I finally figured out that um, if you have enough types of interrupts on your own and you just start looking at them in the menus, you can sometimes tell what the those th robots are going to use by what they will react against. Since the entire, the only method to really beat them is to interrupt their own interrupts and smash them to pieces. Since that, yeah, since you can actually, um, um, your, own, um, your character's interrupt abilities can trigger off of an enemy's counterattack or interrupt. Mm. So, as it turns out, if you're fighting these things and you're choosing the, the axe, the special axe interrupt attack, the one that kind of just executes something. Um, very fun one to have. Um, if um, if the enemies don't show any tar, if you can't see any targeting on the enemies when you um, when you're looking at that one, then it's safe to just bash the things in with blunt force damage because <laughs> they won't have anything that or they might be able to counterattack, but they only they can only counterattack once. Uh, so, so have like one character hit with a like hit a with a one star hammer attack to trigger the counter, and maybe have uh, somebody ready with a counter with an interrupt to hit the counter attack. Hopefully, but um, if not, then just have the other person do a whatever it is the blazing fist of bashiness, whatever the, uh, <laughs> the translation is. That one's all in kanji. I have no idea how they would translate it. So, sure, I know Ken. Hmm. But yeah, they've got some fun battles, and um, yeah. I'm looking forward to having time to just sort of fall into Scarlet Grace soon. Mm -hmm. Gotta get a move sorted out, and then I'll be ready. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just trying to work my way up to... Um, Hopefully, lasting long enough against the goddess that she says, "Okay, you guys can go," because that's how I survived the last time. Was simply <laughs> not dying for long enough. So yeah, saga. Um, <laughs> it's good times. It remains. The internet agrees. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. People seem to have actually responded to this one a little nicer than prior yeah, I'm, ones. I'm happily surprised, yes. Yeah. No, usually it's just like the the usual saga loving people uh, I see on Twitter all the time, but this time it seems like there's just a lot of people really taking a liking to it. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Not Again, a response I'm used surprised. to seeing. Yeah, yeah, not a response I'm used to seeing. Yeah. And what's even cooler is uh, I follow most of the translation team. By mm -hmm. accident. Yeah, by <laughs> most most of it by accident. So Let's see. But yeah, I hope I hope that people kind of appreciating Scarlet Grace gives them kind of a gateway into some of the older ones that seemed a little too unapproachable. Hopefully, yeah. or just, you know, remaster like Saga Frontier. Put the put the minstrel song remake on everything. Oh my god, yes, please. Oh, yeah. Put it on like Switch. It, just say 
do a proper remake of Romancing Saga 2, so, for example, split the chronology into several different eras, so suddenly everything actually updates after a few generations. Yeah, that seems like the sort of thing that Kawazu would want to do, but wouldn't be able to get time and funding for, sadly. Except if the series is taking off... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Scarlet Grace's like, positive word of mouth translates into better sales than usual. Well, for fun... Um, the other week, I actually bought a Famitsu magazine for the first time in forever because yeah. it's just been kind of kind of pitiful and anemic. They're like half the size that they used to be. Yeah. Um, and very rarely anything new or interesting in them. But in this case, um, in this case, it is the Saga 30th Anniversary Edition. Oh, hell yeah. With a 25-page retrospective oh wow i couldn't even read that and i still want to own it <laughs> yeah and for more fun the final page the final page actually has an akitoshi kawazu sprite in a oh, romantic oh, saga oh, 2 oh. style ready to attack position that's awesome yeah that's pretty amazing but um something i'm going to be putting up on twitter eventually um hopefully soon as soon as i organize the pictures they got the top 30 most popular characters in the series. Ooh, interesting. With quite a few, like there's a five-way tie for 25th place. <laughs> it goes 30, then 25, 25, 25, 25, 25. Then 21, 21, 21, 21. <laughs> then let's see, how many 16s? Uh, five 16, five 16th <laughs> place. And then it's just one each from then on. I'm curious, like, who did come out number one in that? Um, let's see. At the top, number one, first place is Acellus with 80 votes. Hmm. Hmm. Number two was Gustav the 13th with 70 votes. Nice. Number three was Blue with 49 votes. And I don't know why, because he is just a jackass. <laughs> some people are into that for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rouge got 14th place. Oh, poor Rouge. Yeah. The nice but yet, boy. There was a there's a whole lot of um romancing saga characters at let's see let's see, Loot, Rouge, Gen, T two sixty G, Blue, Asalus. Quite a few of the Saga Frontier. Yeah, characters. most of the Frontier cast sounds like it's represented somewhere. Hmm. Yeah. Um at least four Saga Frontier two characters. Oh the Amelia's there too. Um, one Scarlet Grace, Ulpina, mm -hmm. or Ulpina, whatever her name is, I can't remember the romanization. And, um, one from the Game Boy games. Those oh. barely have characters, so that's almost acceptable. <laughs> yeah. In this case, from, from Saga 1, Makai Toshi Saga, uh, creator. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Oh, really? Evil God. Yeah, Come really. On. Wheels is pulling for Banana Smuggler. I, I'm pulling for any, <laughs> any other character well, in that game. Un unfortunately, <laughs> un unfortunately, the banana thing was an artifact of the translation. Yeah, but I still I was like... Very, I was very disappointed to play through the DS game and finally get to the part oh, and it's just, just contraband. <laughs> I'm like... Not contraband. No! It's not even specific. It's opium. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, bananas it, might be contraband. You don't know. <laughs> it, 
it was just such a funny, odd thing to have them smuggling, and it just worked perfectly. It's now one of my favorite examples of going beyond the translation. Yeah. Like, in my heart, it'll always be banana smugglers. <laughs> and oddly enough, there is one, only one, Romancing Saga minstrel song specific character. Hmm. Um, all the others are listed as Romancing yeah, Saga only. Yeah, that makes sense. But hmm. I didn't, I had, I'd forgotten that Captain Silver was a um, new character for the PlayStation 2 version. Hmm. Like all, all jokes aside, I do think that like if they wanted to capitalize on Scarlet Grace doing well, I feel like Minstrel Song would actually be a smart thing to re-release. It uh, would. It would be a very smart thing to re-release. Retro-looking games are in. That one's not that retro. It actually looks like it's built to about the spec of Scarlet Grace, which is part of why I would pull hmm. it up. Yeah. Be a better and it's use. definitely got its own thing going on. Be a yep. better use of their money than uh, Bravely Defart. Wow. Really went all in on that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Bravely 2. Bravely Default 2. Not to be confused with Bravely Second. Bravely Defart yes. 2. Electric Boogaloo. Listen, I'm willing to give Bravely Default 2 a chance. That makes one of us. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to give it a chance on discount in a couple of years. Like, I probably won't buy it at launch, but I am willing to give it a shot because the people that I've talked to, I did not play Bravely Second because I didn't enjoy Bravely First. The people that I've talked to say Bravely <laughs> Second is better. Maybe they'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> They say so. it's better, but they also like one, so... Mm, some of them I've talked to didn't like one, so. Okay, alright. Yep. So, yeah. Like, I, I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and try Bravely Default 2 when that comes out, if it has decent word of mouth. Mm, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah, there's there's contingencies there. Like, I'm not, I'm not jumping inside on scene, but... I mean, it was weird to see that announced in that place. That feels like a weird choice yeah. to make. <laughs> that feels Where was like it, it announced? It was announced at the Game Awards, a live stream thing vaguely associated, formerly associated with Spike TV, now associated with nothing. Uh, <laughs> okay. They, they're they mostly at this point notable because like a lot of companies have announced things at them. That was where Joker was announced as being in Smash. Okay. They, they try to line up announcements a lot. Uh, so, you know, people as watch them. Even actually, as a way of getting people to watch it? Yeah, basically. Because it's like no one actually... People generally are get pr relatively pissed off at what ends up winning awards at some point. So... No one's watching it for I mean, the award thing, so... <laughs> I was going to say, it's the nature of the fan base to be pissed off no matter who wins. Yeah, but this also has the, the taint of feeling very, very corporate, so... Ah, uh, yeah. It is, but occasionally it has some nice moments, like... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Sekiro winning Game of the Year was cool to see... It's cool to actually see the people from From... Someone from From Software... Yeah, they actually got Hidetaka Miyazaki to come up and accept that award. So, yeah. so that was that was cool. Um, Fortnite winning awards is never entertaining to me. <laughs> You're really on like this fart kick tonight. I don't know what's going on. 
Did you have too many bean burritos, Wheels? Listen, I have a now seven-year-old in the house, okay? And we're so reading... What you're saying is that that joke plays well. There. And we're reading Dogman, uh, half, oh. half of which the book is a, a clone of the villain making knock-knock jokes that all end with somebody pooping on somebody's head. So... Is this what kids' books are like now? What the... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Okay, this goes way beyond Captain Underpants. Yes. Uh... Yeah, like, I don't, I don't feel like I would have... As a child, I would have read a book where, like, they made multiple jokes about someone pooping on someone's head. Yes. I was going to say, how old is your son? Seven is what just it turned says. Just turned seven the other day. Yeah, man, I remember when... I remember when that happened. Okay, I'm dying. Um... <laughs> See Chris. Let's see Christmas of second grade for me. I think I got the Chronicles of Narnia box set. Nice. Had it finished by the end of third grade. Advanced reader. I was. Oh yeah, I was like, um, we had these things. I can't remember what the E E R A S or something. Um, had this reading practice series, Mm -hmm. and you were supposed to read through the all of one color level before moving up to the next one. Mm Mm-hmm. And in first grade, I read exactly one of each level and then just went straight through purple. Hmm. And then when I got to second grade, the teacher just didn't bother making me do them. <laughs> this is a waste of your time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was actually quite bad at reading until I was... Uh, oh. I can't remember when, I, when that turned around for me, but I was not very good at reading as a small child. I was reading Dragon Riders of Pern in fifth grade. Nerd. So was I. Yeah. Um, Nerd. Things. Hey, um, I had my well, as opposed to how my first and second grade teachers were, my third grade teachers just simply would not believe I was actually reading Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> um, she told my mom that she knew that I just carried around and liked to say that I read it, and my mom was like, "Ask him a question, he will tell you exactly what animals are kept in which house that the family had on the which <laughs> island." Yeah, uh, I suppose we should probably hit a question eventually. I've got them up here. What's a question? Um, Okay. Let's see, Budai. First question, of, or actually, all questions. I was actually, I was actually going to hit the last one from one forty-two before we. Oh, I'll go ahead. I, I didn't yeah. realize we had one left. Yeah, we had. Well, we got one like the day after we recorded, so I figured what? we would do it's that. It's almost like we... somebody posted things late, so questions came in at odd times. It's funny how that. Funny works. how that works. <laughs> uh, this was from Crawl. Uh, won't bother asking for your RPGs of the decade just yet. I'm sure you'll have that covered anyway. But what uh, positive Breath of the Wild. In... Wow. There you go. Well, that was quick. Uh, <laughs> but what positive developments and new directions do you think the past 10 years have brought to the genre? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I think the resurgence of the JRPG as a genre that doesn't exist as just comfort food is good. <laughs> I feel yeah. like there was a period where the assumption was that like the JRPG was dying and that the only things that were going to continue to exist were things that were very set in their ways and just going to continue existing as they always had. And I think that the last... It never continues as it always does. 
Yeah, but there was a period where, like, the only rep. <laughs> I I feel like there was a period where the only uh, RPG JRPGs that you were really seeing were essentially Tales, Adelie, or that sort of thing that just like continues changing at a very glacial pace for the most part. Yeah, and incremental changes. Yeah, yeah, and I I feel like that has slowly faded away uh, over the past three or four years. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm glad for that because they were at kind of a dark point in the late uh, ops, early tens. <laughs> yeah, but if you know, so that's around the same time that, for example, Nintendo was dealing with the piracy issues and um, PlayStation was dealing with the fact that nobody wanted to develop for PlayStation. Nobody wanted to make buy PS3s. Uh, yeah, something like that. Well, no, I mean, people wanted to buy PS3s, but what was it? Programming for them was awful, wasn't it? Oh, it's... yeah. Yeah, it's a, it is unlike anything else, and that's almost always a bad thing. <laughs> what? The Saturn worked out so well, though. <laughs> How do you feel yeah. about the Jaguars layout, Wheels? Uh-huh. you got to get, get good use of those Tom uh-huh. and Jerry chips. Is that what they're yeah. really called? They are called Tom and Jerry. Why? Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the point being that the, the main series that actually survived a period where there was a big depression in actual game development were probably the ones that had the best plan going forward and the best um, formula to work with. So mm-hmm. you ended up seeing a massive decrease in all of the weird little niche stuff around 2009 to 2010, as I recall. Yep. And uh, we're that's about the time the DS market that. started going really down. Yep. Um, I and quirky games coming out for DS after that, but most of them were in development before 2010. Yeah. And then and that's also... That was also when they stopped coming out in America. <laughs> yeah. And then the P- PlayStation 2 really stopped... I mean, I want to say 2010, 2011 at the latest for anything really new and not another version or another update to Final Fantasy XI mm-hmm. or a visual novel. Yeah. So, yeah, right... Sam, arrived about that time. Yeah. I think the last official PS2 game is something like FIFA 2014. It's it was definitely really... at least 2014 because that was when the... Um, that's I think that's when the last Final Fantasy XI expansion came out for it. Yeah. So at least then. Yeah, it's it seems to properly... It was... It seems to properly die early in 2014, which, you know, the hell of a run, 14 years, but... Uh, That's certainly one way to look at it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, every time I remember this thing, I remember that... I presume there must have been something in the firmware that just made it so it couldn't address a larger memory card because they stuck with that 8-megabyte memory card forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, long story long story short being um it seems like i mean i've I've said i've expressed this sentiment before with the switch like how it seems to be redeveloping into a super nintendo or playstation 2 level of depth to the gaming ecosystem yeah it's it's helped reintroduce the idea of the lower budget but not entirely indie title i feel like so yeah and for that we can all be thankful (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, that like that would be my personal like my favorite development in the genre is just the return of that sort of game. 
So, uh, yeah, I think part of part of that, which goes along with my answer, is a lot more indie RPGs. Yeah, that aren't bad. <laughs> oh man, I can't believe that you would throw whatever indie RPGs were out in 2009 under the bus like this. There weren't many. Yeah. There weren't, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you had stuff... I mean, when did Cthulhu Saves the World come out? Yeah, I'm actually looking out... Like, I was starting with... Okay, the predecessor to Cthulhu Saves the World, Breath of Death 7, came out in April of 2010. So, Cthulhu Saves the World is December of 2010. Nice. Pretty much yeah. the exact cutoff. Uh And those were, um, well, while fun and interesting and inventive, they weren't necessarily the cream of the, in, or crop of the industry. Very, so, very low budget. <laughs> yeah. But, let's see. How else was I going to say about this? But, yeah. And then there's, of course, uh, the other, the end of this question is the flip side. What are the worst or less appealing aspects that have crept in over the past decade? Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha's the big one. Like, that's currently largely out of console RPGs, but it's still definitely there. I mean, if it's in console RPGs, it's usually payable with something that you can actually get in-game. Yeah. And usually but, not for something special or major oh uh oh i'm remembering super robo gakuen now oh that's a that's an unfortunate game <laughs> yeah. i mean it, it was interesting but um i mean it was in-game gotcha all the way for getting everything and you couldn't level up units and it got really tough to figure out exactly how to build up your deck to take out the next care next character story battle mm-hmm Thankfully, uh, the mainline Super Robot Wars games have not descended into that. They just have a lot of DLC missions, but you don't have to gotcha for them. So, <sighs> but yeah, like gotcha, gotcha. Really, a lot. Any anything that revolves around like some of these stranger monetization science experiments that have happened is probably. Not been the greatest thing. Battle passes. Battle pass. I'm not huge on battle passes. Those aren't really RPG things, are they? <laughs> um, I'm sure there's. Some, I uh, think Destiny Des might have Destiny, something similar. Yeah, I was gonna say Destiny has a battle pass. But, but, yeah, that but still feels like an anomaly in Destiny. It's a. It's not a bad one there either. Anyway, so. Yeah, it's it 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 hasn't infected RPGs at large. It kind of needs a vector of being like a having a aspect of competitive slash cooperative uh, online RPG to really work there. Uh, Battle Royales, screw them. Sorry, people. There's good ones. Sorry, Apex. There are good ones. There are bad ones. And again, that seems to be a genre that's peaking if it has not already gone a bit over. There's that really bad JoJo one that uh, I think Bamco made in Japan that's only in arcades. <laughs> There's a lot of very strange buzzwords in the sentence I just said. <laughs> yes, and yet we still understand what you said, which, what does that say about us? Uh, it means that we're all broken. Okay, yeah, it was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Last Survivor. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. There was a location test on it. Okay, yeah, I was correct on all of the particulars that I mentioned. Sorry, just needed to make sure I didn't need to already issue a correction. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in conclusion, uh, indies and mid-tier budgets, good. Gotcha's bad. And now we will move on. Presumably. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of any other stuff from this past decade that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think about things I hate. Uh, I don't know. All right, I got nothing. Let's move on. Okay. Here's one from Budai. Uh, hmm? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Why do you think it is that Square doesn't really use the Chrono franchises as franchise as much as it does others? Because Chrono's lightning in a bottle, and the few attempts they've made to expand it kind of show that. <laughs> well, um, the only really, I mean, I'm, I'm counting done a better job Dreamers in... and Chrono Cross as being separate products. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just thinking of the two attempts to expand on it both of which were given over to the guy who basically wrote Chrono Trigger fan fiction. Yeah, Kato was like... Kato's always weird. They really liked to give him scripts for a while, though. He's the reason that... He was also responsible for a number of Mana game scripts for some reason. Yeah, which is why I really don't like the dude that much. Um, <laughs> but, he also, uh, I mean, ser- seriously, if you look at the basic concept of Chrono Cross... The concept is interesting, but they had real, no real need to connect it to the original game, much less do that in a way that killed the entire original cast, or like 80% of the original cast. I mean, like, my biggest problem that I think I have with Cross is actually just that, like, it has a bunch of con- concepts that are almost entirely disconnected, not just from Chrono Trigger, but from each other. Like, it's full of stuff that, like, you have you can't explain it from within the story. You have to have researched into interviews where they admit that, like, oh, well, that was actually from a draft of the script that got cut, but that idea never actually got cut, even though the things that led up to it didn't. Like, my issue with Chrono Cross is that it is a badly directed video game. <laughs> because yeah. it is a, I mean, it had, it, a, it had a lot of cool ideas, and it did not do that much with them. Yeah, like, it is a game where like someone could not bear to cut all of the ideas that they had, even if none of them fit together. So. Yeah. To quote Stephen King's rules of writing, I think it was rule seven, kill your darlings. Yeah. Basically like there's that. They should, scene. Just, they should have just picked which ones to run with in that game and go with them. Yeah. But it's no. very much a game that doesn't pick what to run with. There's that scene early on where like freaking links is like, moving up towards the camera and shouting, ah, oh, it's you, the assassin of time, the chrono trigger, and that doesn't go anywhere because that's from a draft of the script that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's like a huge pivotal scene that just never goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's like So basically, uh, the three of us together could just put, um, like, get drunk on a weekend and come up with a better sequel to Chrono Trigger. 
Yes. Probably probably one people would like at least say, well, that makes sense that that was a sequel to Chrono yes, Trigger. Yes, say, we can come mm-hmm. up with something that's actually a sequel to Chrono Trigger instead of barely related. But like it's, to be it's honest, always... I, I would just, I would prefer to just go off on a separate track and make something that follows the series thematically, but is not actually connected to the first game because you know what time travel is weird. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that's the weirder part is that like Chrono Cross's plot, if you care to dive into it is super connected literally, but thematically almost entirely disconnected. So it feels even worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they took it in the, probably the best direction I could think of to, um, to start with conceptually by doing it sideways on time instead of up and down. Yeah, like that. That is probably, if I were to hazard a guess, that is probably like the idea that was pitched as to how they were going to make a sequel. Was like, well, you know, what if you explore different timelines rather than different times? Yeah, and that's yeah. I mean, that's about the only way they could have done it and kept it somehow connected. But I mean, this is also where I go back to say that Kato is kind of a fanfic writer on this because one of the first things you do when you're introducing original characters is finding some way to either nerf or remove the original main characters. Yep, and then you if point you're not out, good at doing this, and then like three quarters of the way through, you explain, oh, they were connected to the main characters, though you just didn't know how. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. And Kato- your average band, and your average bad fanfic somehow involves time travel to reset stuff anyway. So yeah, okay. That weirdest... and have, somehow having Shara show up as like latched onto the final boss, but also like having apparently been able to. Okay, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go <laughs> into my complaints here. I, I'm just going to say that Kato's actual path through the industry is incredibly strange uh, because his initial uh, his initial like credits Did are you? all with with Tecmo where he was like the one who was like doing essentially the storyboards for the cutscenes in NES Ninja Gaiden. And then from there he works at Gainax for a bit in their game division because he does, he's like the planner on princess maker two and then somehow ends up at square. (laughs) But, yeah, like weird. And then after after leaving Square, he goes uh, freelance and ends up writing a bunch of Sheer and the Wanderer scripts for some reason. <laughs> uh, a, a series known and renowned for its deep lore. Uh, but yeah, he seems to have since then. Like they they seem to uh, let's see. The last thing he is credited on is something called Another Eden. Uh, the Cat Beyond Time and Space, which is a really good name for what is apparently a free-to-play RPG that sounds very bad. Uh, oh, it's Gree. The Cat Beyond Time and Space. Yeah, like I really like that name. Big into that. Look, I'm uh, curious enough to actually just Google this. Okay. Yeah. The Cat Beyond Time and Space. Another Eden, a cat beyond time and space. Oh yeah, another Eden. Okay. Oh, it's a Gree game. That's where I'm recognizing this from. Okay. Yeah, that's the name I inherently distrust. Uh, I was gonna say they're the ones who butchered Imperial Saga. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, thank you. But yeah, I think the the reason Square doesn't really mess with that franchise is that like it. What well, what would you do with it that would not be at least a little disappointing? <laughs> Like, they would be better off just not attaching those expectations. You saw that a lot with, like, indie RPGs that were like, yeah, we love Chrono Trigger, we want to make a game like Chrono Trigger, and then, like, every single one of those is, you really shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> Don't bring it's up like, comparisons that end unkindly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all you're doing is reminding people that, hey, there's a probably better game out there for them to play. Yeah. And they'll yeah. be ready to play. They'll be ready to play Chrono Trigger again because we're all ready to play Chrono Trigger at all times. It's. Uh, I mean, it still sells for like twenty five dollars used at the stores. Yeah. In the DS version. People will still pay for it. So. Let's see. Uh, this moves into what is the greatest turn based battle system of all time? Uh, hmm. I feel like that field is really wide. <laughs> I mean, yeah, do you mean traditional, like Dragon Quest, or traditional plus, like Metal Max? Or do you mean, um, like, active time battle, or weird time order stuff, or whatever it was Final Fantasy X was called? Count time. Or Scarlet Grace, that's a very interesting and in-depth turn-based system. Or Beyond the Labyrinth, which was turn-based rock-paper-scissors. Yeah, I feel like you end up drawing these into, like, categories and end up pulling into, like, implementations of those. Like, That's, I mean, the fact that we can describe so many different methods of implementing them. Yeah. It shows how, just how robust the concept is to begin with and how much oddity you can do. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So yeah, I, th- I think that there's this is maybe too broad a category uh, to really say anything too meaningful about. Uh, yeah, really. But I mean, you know, we've we've hit some of those highlights, and then you get, but then you also run into like, there's like strategy RPGs are turn-based combat systems. Are we counting those because that also changes things a lot? Uh, or something like Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, which kind of has a strategy RPG bent, but kind of doesn't. Like, you get a lot of possible variants here. And, I mean, everything we've named, everything we've called out by name has a really good combat system. Uh, you know what? Screw it. Grandia. There. <laughs> Grandia is a very good choice. Yeah, like that's a... Re- I, I would call that kind of the... Uh, my my pick of the pseudo active time variants, where it is still like technically everything is moving along a the line. There's not a strict like everyone has to take a turn before someone else does something. Mm-hmm. But I mean, then uh, to call out other ones that I think are really good, uh, all the variants of the press turn system are really good. Uh, so, you know, basically any Shin Megami Tensei aside from uh, aside from the Raido games, the re-releases, and Strange Journey after Nocturne all have the press turn system that they all use variants of is very good. Yeah. Uh, some of the Atelier games have had really good stuff and some of them have had excuses for battle systems. 
So <laughs> I, I think the the Dusk series, the, the Atelier Dusk series had really good battle systems. I'm finally, finally intending to go in on a on the Atelier games when the Dusk trilogy hits Switch because that hey. that's the one that for some reason kind of draws my eye. So, yeah. so yeah, the, yeah, the Arland games are pretty good, but the Dusk trilogy has a really interesting setting and some good um, some good game motivation. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, for most of the games in the series, the primary plot is whatever is motivating the main characters. And yeah. the Dusk games did a very good job of implementing that as well as an actual plot. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, those hit Switch in January, which is going to be a nightmare, because uh, <laughs> that comes out, and then Tokyo Mirage Sessions Encore comes out, and, oh. then, uh, and then February has, you know, some things, and then March is just a complete hell torrent of too many video game. Yeah, uh, just remind me, I need to actually pick up a Switch for my birthday. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Probably not the Atelier games anytime soon, because I actually still own them all on PlayStation 3. Yeah, there's no need for that. This is just a case of I haven't got them, so this will be a good excuse. <laughs> At the same time, since I haven't... Re- I've only like hooked up my PlayStation 3 to my TV like twice in the last year and a half. Um, Maybe. You know, toddlers... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see. Oh man, that does remind me that uh, I can't, like I was looking at Star Ocean First Departure R, which I'm a Star Ocean Mark, so of course I'm grabbing. But uh, I did want to bring up that I it made me kind of sad for they ported Star Ocean Second Evolution to PS4 like three years ago. It's a very bad port. It's only in Japan. How about how about they go ahead and fix that up and put that on everything as well? <laughs> Sorry, needed to rant. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, lot of, lot of turn based combat systems. Too many <laughs> okay. to to accurately judge this. Very much so. Yes. So, um, so how about then for Budai again? Do you think it's amazing the amount of well-received first-party titles Nintendo got on the Switch in a short period of time? Let's see, um, I Let's think see, Fire that... Emblem, Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion Three, Pokemon within the same release window. Yeah, about um, two months. <laughs> I think that it's the natural consequence of them only having one platform now. <laughs> yeah, it's they've really started to focus more on um, just the one thing and part of it's also how they tend to do one update of a of a franchise per platform. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Pokemon cuz Pokemon can l- go multiple times in a single generation. Yeah. Um, so it's just um it's a combination of them folk making more stuff for the one console and just having a lot of good IPs to begin with. Yeah. I was reminded while looking at this of back before the Switch had a name, like when they were when there was just investor reports about, you know, the Wii U's poor performance in 2013 and 14. They were basically just talking about how like they wanted to consolidate to one platform to finally like to help them with content droughts because the 
if they only if they could just have all of their handheld and console teams working all on one platform at all times, they would actually just be able to release games year round. And, I mean, and what do you know? <laughs> I mean, it turns out that works out I, pretty as well. I seriously pre-order Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Uh, that yes, they can. Uh, one month later, like a month and a half later, Animal Crossing New Horizon. Uh, so yeah, and we don't have any idea what they're like. There's going to be a big old Nintendo Direct somewhere in either January or February that is going to chart their course for the the entirety of 2020. That like there will be games announced after it, but that will give the broad spectrum of it. But it's going to uh, <laughs> there's going to be stuff at that that we've never even heard of. That's mm-hmm. that's going to be terrifying. Because um, <laughs> I remember like this one. I think I think in January or February was like the direct that announced Super Mario Maker Two, a thing that no one had any reason to believe existed. Uh, Ooh. And I believe that was also when they announced Luigi Mansion 3. And I think it might have been when Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 was announced. It's just a lot of strange things. Very excited. We'll get uh, that last Smash character probably at that direct. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot to... It, it, they have enough people to essentially la- get them uh, games year round which is not something that they've ever really had before mm-hmm. oh, man. just remember Xenoblade Zeno- Zeno- Definitive is also next year mm. Can't wait for it's, it's going to be a very good generation to be a gamer now mm-hmm. yeah That's Xenoblade Definitive. Uh, but yeah, I think that like there, it's not that surprising given the lens of what used to be split across 3DS and Wii U and thus needed to be released usually around year end because around year end is when you get the big sales bumps. Uh, instead of just crunching those all in at the exact same time, they can split them up across a couple months, you know, like throughout the year. And it still feels like a crazy deluge because there's just that many of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that hits us with Budai's last question, which uh, that's going to be a hard one for me. What was the last game you played that you would give a 10 out of 10 to? Oh boy, I hmm. don't give a lot of ten out of tens or five out of fives even. Yeah, uh, I mean the only five out of five I ever gave was for Nino Kuni DS. Yeah, given a lot of four and a halfs though. Um, dang it! Huh. It's a mean question. This is a mean question to ask anyone who spent time reviewing games. <laughs> uh, yeah, Breath- I mean Breath this of is the, the kind of question that you can only answer if you don't actually ever write game reviews. Yeah. Breath of the Wild was definitely a 5 out of 5 game. Mario Odyssey was as well. <laughs> that was crazy. Well, I also gave it a 5 out of 5. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cheating because you actually did review it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Man, I, I don't usually play games that are that good. 
play a lot of. Uh, I I play the three quirky weird stuff that you cannot possibly find everything perfect in. Yeah. I mean, much as I would like to say, I guess Scarlet Grace, I can't call that one a ten out of ten either. That's There's why. That's one of the reasons why I'm frankly very very amazed that it's getting such a good positive res- uh, response. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that for me is like quirky enough that I would ignore the things that are broken about it. But yeah, that's part of why I don't write a lot of reviews for the site is that I would probably not fit well in our scale that much. So. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm so used to our scale by this point that when I have to just um, give ad hoc grades to students based on a speaking, like a short <laughs> speaking test, I can just write A, B, C, or D, like, or usually just A, B, or C right off the bat and, Mm-hmm. Then, then occasionally I have to defend the score to the partner teacher, but mostly not. Um, so. <laughs> it's like, why did he get this grade? And I was like, well, um, let's see. He did not actually require a further res- or further explanation for what I was actually asking. He didn't try to verify in Japanese. Um, he answered mostly cor- complete sentences, and he volunteered an extra sentence at the end without prompting. That's an A+. Plus. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's best in class, in fact, for this group. But, yeah, like, I, I, I tend to rate on a very personal fashion, which is why I have difficulty uh, writing the kinds of reviews that we do, which are generally much more, like, circumspect, I guess, would be the way I would describe it. So... Uh, my personal. I, read, read my, I was going to say, read my Metal Max Four review on sometime where I specifically say at the beginning that I am not being objective here because it's just so damn awesome. Yeah, that's fair. But there's a certain. And I kind. still gave it a four and a half out of five. <laughs> I should have given it a five. I think. That's the kind of guy you are. <laughs> I mean, because seriously, this is a game where one of the sidebar items that you don't even have to do to finish the game turns out to be a space elevator ride up to a geosynchronous satellite station where you have to rescue the crew from space zo- from astronaut zombies, space bees, and anthropophagus mutant carrots. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a side item. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to... The longer it's been since 2011, the more I appreciate this game. Uh, or 2013. Remaster it for Switch. Um, Seriously, Katakawa, come on! Uh, all of the... Th- I mean, obviously not Season of Steel, because that's still success, but all of yeah. the, the... The entire DS generation on Switch. Two please, returns, Katakawa. three, four. Seriously. But yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back and... Uh, like rewrite a statement I just made, which is to say circumspect is not quite the word I was looking for, but in general, like a more careful overview than the kind of like, I, I like to dash off very impassioned writing. Uh, so, which can be, can cause me to skip aspects that people might be actually interested in hearing about, because I just want to talk about the things that matter to me. Uh, Oh yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So, that's uh, that's why oftentimes my opinions are best summed up as when we drift off and I start rambling about a game in specific. That's usually the bit closest you'll get to a review out of me. Uh, 
Those Grandia reviews are still coming. I will actually have spare time soon. Speaking of which, it seems that I need to write an impression in the next week or so. Oh. Because apparently on Steam, there is a new game listed as coming out sometime in early, mid-2020 called Hero Must Die Again. Oh, yeah. Hero Must and Die Again. Color me completely shocked because I thought everyone had forgotten about that game. Yeah. I'm going to have to go and actually beat it a fourth time now. <laughs> yeah, you laugh, but I mean, the original game was for cell phones and it was designed to be playable in half an hour. Yeah. So it, it's a game that has replay built into the core concept. Yeah. I have to wonder, that is that just coming to Steam or is that going to come to anything? Oh, PS4, Switch, and PC in the West. So. Cool. I wasn't even sure about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to pick that up. It sounded like you liked Hero Must Die, so it's it's one of those where they they decide I mean the guy who created it originally for cell phones was starting with a one of those high concept design that he just yeah. wanted to play around with. And I mean again, it's not the best game on the planet. I could think of several ways they could improve it massively. At the same time, it does exactly what the designer wanted it to do. I respect that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember what it, how what it's about? Uh, I think I remember the gist of it, but please restate it. Okay, so the basic idea is that hey, here you are, you are the hero. In in the opening scenes of the game, you are going to go mano a mano against the dread dark lord to defend the kingdom and your beloved whoever, and you do it. You beat him. You save the kingdom, and you die. <laughs> No, and busy night, the, and the gods and angels are so happy with what you've done that they give you one extra chance to clear up any loose ends. Mm. So you are given five days to wander the kingdom, um, talk with your friends, um, again, clear up loose ends, get rid of any lingering enemies, and possibly figure out exactly who your beloved actually was because, hey, you've got massive post-death memory trauma going on <laughs> also so, oh of course this is from the linda cube guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, and so um you start the game at level 99 you know as a good yeah. hero does <laughs> yes and then your your level degenerates over the course of the game <laughs> it degenerates faster if you don't stay at an inn mm. but in any case at the end of the five days you drop dead Makes sense. <laughs> and then the game's ending varies depending on where you are buried, how many people attend the funeral, how many of these people cried, and then it gives you a future chronology of the next three to five hundred years to show exactly how you affected this kingdom's history. Uh, Sky was apparently also involved with Oreshika, so I think they're just obsessed with, like, legacies and what people leave behind. Yeah. Pretty much. And so, um, like I said, it was a, a game that was originally meant for fairly quick replay. So even the Vita version was like a five to ten hour game at most. Yeah. I'm curious how much, if at all, this has been expanded from the Vita version. Probably not that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. I think the Steam, um, Steam ad said like eight different potential romance options. Yeah, that's and what I'm, I'm trying seeing to think, here as well. And... Um, 
I'm thinking, okay, six female party members, the princess and the angel. Yeah, um, that makes eight. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it had never been released in English. So, you know. So, it, this is a weird, quirky title. Emphasis on the quirk. Um, and um, it has the interesting distinction of being one of the few games where your character will definitely end up weaker than he started. <laughs> in fact, on the, second, your, uh, on the second or third playthrough, you get an apprentice hero to, mm-hmm. who can be recruited into your party. She can't; She's not available the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's very smart to start planning your strategies for trying to get her to a level where she learns the transportation spells before your main character forgets it. <laughs> because he's not just losing ex- I mean he is losing experience levels and that includes all the abilities he gains with those experience levels so the rest of the party is getting stronger he's getting weaker it's just yeah yeah I mean like I'm pleased that there's going to be an embarrassment of riches of weird RPGs coming out in English soon so I'm still just thinking about, like, well, when are we getting Moon? <laughs> it's been promised. It's been promised. They keep affirming soon. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but... Moon, moon, moon. Good old Moon. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite for- the right word here. Trippin'. Yeah, that's what I want. I want games that uh, are weird. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I use the word psilocybin at least once, maybe twice in my review of that game. And very, I mean, yeah, I mean, not even exaggerating here because one of the, in order to f- fulfill one of the quest lines in that game, you have to take mushrooms. Like a good upstanding citizen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to those impressions. I hope, like, you'll be, probably be the best equipped to say, well, did, was the localization any good? Yes. Uh, um, is there, I mean, who's even, who's publishing this? Because it was a, it was a Nippon Ichi game. Like, I saw something like uh, Dejika Games, the one that I was seeing. Let's see. Uh, let me see if I can find whether that was some sort of misprint or not. I am seeing a lot of things that look like that is a lot of strange projects that I'm seeing listed by Google because I'm seeing like visual novel game games, cave shooters, and at least one thing that looks like it's probably porn. Um, <laughs> oh, that uh, looks like a yeah. Yeah, no, it's listen. You have you have a lot a lot of uphill battles to go through if you're releasing a game that you claim isn't porn but called Nurse Love Addiction. So <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that's not porn. Yeah, no, like it, it's impossible. Yeah. You, if you sat th- down long enough to claim to me that that was not porn, I would wonder what what you were trying to pull. It says publisher Dejika, so. Let's see. Developer Pyramid well, and Love Demo. Syndrome was the first one. <laughs> Visual novel. 
Definitely porn. Definitely, definitely porn. <laughs> mega porn. I mean, I don't it's know what a mega porn. Is. I mean, oh, the original was a PlayStation Portable. Um, it was originally actually originally a originally PlayStation Portable novel, um, visual hmm. novel. So just pretending to be porn. <laughs> and then the other one, the uh, nurse, Lo- um, yeah, nurse love addiction was for Vita four years ago. Huh. But yeah, they seem to do a lot of very niche niche objects. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Uh, the last thing, like we're out of questions, I guess the last thing I wanted to ramble on because it popped back into my head and seemed vaguely important while it was doing it. Uh, there is an official trademark uh, made for Persona 5 Strikers, which means that is probably getting localized in the U.S. with a much shorter title than Persona 5 Scramble the Phantom Strikers. Mm. Not that interesting, but it stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, getting back to my copy of Famitsu here with the Saga 30th anniversary, just for yeah. random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Two pages in this thing are dedicated to an impromptu English lesson using the translations mm. for Romancing Saga 3 and Saga Scarlet Grace. That's bizarre. That's what I thought when I looked at it. It's one of the reasons why I decided I had to just buy this thing because it was hilarious. Um, but let's see. Um, what were they? Um, where are they here? Oh, which page was this? It's like it. Oh. I guess it was after this part. Um, here we go. So, like, they have... Um, from R- Romancing Saga 3, do you remember this, the uh, Mad Scientist Lady? If you've played it? Oh, yeah, no? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, I was looking at So, that. yeah, the, they are giving some lines from her show tune number. Hmm... hmm. That's yeah. how I want to learn English. <laughs> and no, I mean it's just trying to explain how um, this one line in Japanese got turned into the best, 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 best of all time. It started off as Tonikaku Muteki no Ten Tensai, Dai Tensai. Yeah, and then it has one has one of the scenes with Robin for no apparent reason. And then for some of the Scarlet Grace ones, um, <laughs> oh, what's her name? Um, Leonard, um, yeah, Elizabeth, Leonard's partner character. And she says things like whatevs. And it's trying to explain that. <laughs> Listen, it's like, uh, oh man, I, I don't know a lot of Japanese slang, so all the things I can think of would require extra layers of explanation. <laughs> My brain was just sort of like, you know, like how frickin' Jamatane sometimes gets shortened to Janet. That sort of shit. <laughs> yeah, well, well, English has a much greater depth of really odd variation. Oh, definitely. I mean, much, much greater. I mean, oh, okay, random memory here, but I, um, there used to be this one little indie game site in Japanese that I used to check out before yeah. it completely closed out of the blue. And one time they had an article on there about um, 
Oh, it was um, uh, um, Reseteer. Yeah. And they were trying to figure out exactly how a simple hi, as in yes, got changed into capitalism ho! (laughs) (laughs) They're like, what the heck is going on here? What happened? Yeah. Why did you do this? Uh, Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like, okay. We don't know why it got translated like this. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think that clears me out of things to say. <laughs> so, do we have anything here on the Discord? Discord. I don't um, think so, but I'm usually wrong about all things, so probably we do. <laughs> Never trust a wheels. Let's see. Q&A quest. No. No. Uh, but over in Team Handheld, Platinum was pinging both of us about what to do with uh, the land ship and being unprepared and not enough SP potions. Ah, hmm. uh, well. And it's like, he was asking, can I not exit it? And my answer is, well, in a body bag. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's Romancing Saga 2. You sometimes kind of have to just accept that, well, that emperor's gone. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, well, I mean, we're talking about the level that was specifically designed so that if you took the slave uprising route, you could actually get in there and beat the boss with bare hands. True, <laughs> true. I mean, that's also why it gave the really nice um, flame sword in that particular level, because... It, you wanted to actually have at least one item that could cut. <laughs> so, but if you're, yeah. But I have actually beaten that game with, uh, or beaten that level with a um, martial arts primary char- group of characters and a magician. Hmm. So, mainly to see if I could that time. <laughs> can I do this? The answer to should is no, but can, that's still an open question. <laughs> I mean, they gave the option to do it. <laughs> that doesn't mean you should do things. It, it does. does when you're playing it on the fourth or fifth playthrough when you're trying to write a, an True. FAQ for it 15 or 16 years ago. Uh, this was the only tool science had available at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the positive responses to last episode. I see yeah. them in the Discord. Uh, and and Platinum 3's response to the body bag comment was, and reset number 767 is upcoming. <laughs> uh, leave them for dead. Leave them I mean, all for dead. <laughs> and again, it's not a game where you really have to worry about... Um, I'm sorry. You don't have to worry about the... Uh, dang it. Um, you don't have to worry about resetting the game. It's just it continues anyway yeah sometimes you just accept that like well that emperor kind of cursed from the start (laughs) but yeah so i think that kind of i think that clears us out uh anything we got we want to talk about before we go gently into that good night Mm. um Play Scarlet Grace. Always. 
Available now for your PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, Steam, or iOS or Android device. Um, listen to uh, The Hunt, stories from Monster Hunter, brought to you by Saga Scarlet Grace. Available for your PlayStation 4, Xbox yes. One, Nintendo Switch, Steam, iOS or Android device. We're not actually being paid. <laughs> Too much passion. <laughs> but yeah. Um, otherwise, uh, questions go in the usual places. Uh, we will check wherever we see uh, comments being added. Uh, but, you know, wherever we see comments being added in relation to Q&A quests, if you comment in like the RPG cast, they'll have every right to yell at you. Um <laughs> But let's see. Um, questions in the comment section or on the Discord or scream them at Wheels as he walks by you on the street or on Twitter, which is basically the internet equivalent of that. Um, Wait, what are you telling them to do now? <laughs> listen, I'm saying that if someone yells at you on Twitter, it's basically the equivalent of yelling at you as you walk by them on the street. Eh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's the internet version of that. But, yeah, uh, questions in those places, uh, we will get to them, whether it kills us or not. Uh, a personal apology to Strawberry Eggs for being mean to Bravely Default again. Um, <laughs> what? Bravely Default? Did we do something? <sighs> Continuing no, on. No. Wheels, wheels we, need to actually, we need to come up with a better joke about it, okay? Okay. So, bravely Default. <laughs> nope, nope, we're done. We're done. Uh, Game's over. Wait, no, hold on. Knock, knock. No. Knock, knock. <laughs> Dude, no, you, you already, already told me that you were reading a... No, no, no. It's no, it's a totally different one. Knock, knock. Why would I believe that? Why on earth would I believe that? We don't that? trust you on this field. <laughs> Fine. I refuse, I refuse to believe that. My apology stands. I will, I don't know, cane wheels the next time I see him. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Listen, do you want to get into ECW or not? It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> not with that attitude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, questions in the usual places. Otherwise, see you, Space Cowboys. See ya. What's this? What's this? There's cover everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. What's this? There's people singing songs. What's this? The streets are lined with little creatures laughing. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone daffy? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing snowballs.